Well, today I'm going to provide just a little reflection, a kind of a, a question or a thought here about the Pharisees in general. The Pharisees, they are very often a target uh, all throughout the Gospels for Jesus' criticism, and I think it's it's really important to understand what what exactly is going on with them. What is the problem with the Pharisees? Why there's so much critical uh, criticism directed at them throughout the New Testament? What is their error? And if we can think about this, and we can kind of wrap our brains around it, we can begin to see. Well, hmm, let's see if I can avoid these certain things in my own life. So it's kind of a, a negative example that we can use for ourselves to, to walk in the, in the correct way and to think uh, in, the, in the proper proper way. What's the history of the Pharisees? Who were the Pharisees, just to begin with? Um, it's kind of dis- difficult to describe exactly what they were, uh, except by way of analogy, I can kind of almost say like the, the Knights of Columbus almost. They're sort of like, you know, you've got, I mean, not that the Knights of Columbus are Pharisees, they're good guys. <laughs> But what you have is you have this broader institution, the Catholic Church, and then you have a smaller institution within it. Okay, and that, that's what I'm talking about here. So the Pharisees were really kind of a movement within Judaism. All right, they were within Judaism. The other thing about the Pharisees is that, and despite appearances, because they are teachers, despite appearances, it's really a lay movement. It's very important to get that. It's a lay movement. It's not. You know, authority. It's not the clerical, uh, office that they are exercising. What started happening was about maybe 200 years before Jesus, uh, there became a lot of problems with the official hierarchy within Judaism. When I mean the priests who were responsible for the temple. Lots of politics, lots of problems, and there was a kind of a, a little by little, a certain kind of a corruption and a decay that crept into the, the priestly hierarchy within uh, within Judaism, and that's really it's really the priests that God gave the authority to. Okay, they're they're really the main leaders, all right, of of the nation of Israel, especially in terms of religion. Um, <clears throat> so because of that kind of corruption, there was a whole movement among the lay people to say, you know, let's try to preserve the purity of our religion, and they did that by studying the Torah, by studying the Old Testament, okay, and becoming experts, expert in terms of their knowledge, and how to live the law, and what does it mean, and how do you interpret these different precepts, and so forth and so on. So that's really the, how the Pharisees come about. And because they became experts in the law, oftentimes little synagogues, now remember, the synagogue is not necessarily an institution that was set up by God, by divine ordinance. Okay, it was the temple that was set up by divine ordinance. Synagogues was just a practical matter. Okay, not everybody, we can't always travel, you know, long distances to the temple. So let's get together uh, on a regular basis on the Sabbath and pray together. And so let's build these buildings. And that's kind of how the synagogue came about. And so in a, in a certain de facto sense, the Pharisees became the leaders of the people because they had the expert knowledge. And so they would go into the prayer centers, these synagogues, and they would be the teachers. So that's basically how they came about. But it's really fundamentally a lay movement. It's not a divinely instituted a set of authorities. It's really the priests who were that way. The priests, even into Jesus' day, had a lot of problems. The Sadducees, it was the it was this reigning family, it was a lot of blood ties, and they were very skeptical. They weren't a very profoundly religious group of guys that were running the temple. 
They were very, uh, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe in angels and things like that. So it was this kind of uh, pragmatic political entity that was running the temple. And so the Pharisees, because they were more spiritual, they believed in angels, they believed in the resurrection of the dead, things like that. And I mean, really, as far as Christianity and Jesus' own teaching is concerned, Jesus had more in common with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So you see, it was kind of a mess. Now, the reality of the matter, so how does, why did God do this? Why did God allow this situation to come about? Well, in a certain sense, he doesn't, because his supreme authority that he always has present for us is his prophetic authority. Okay, so the real authority that was incorruptible, that was completely infallible and totally dependable, was the prophets. And God would send prophets. And even the priests had to listen to the prophets. And if they didn't, they were disobeying God. So God would always, he would always locate his authority and his voice in an actual human being. A living human being that you had to listen and obey. Okay, and of course that prophet was credible. All right, he was a legitimate authority, and he was credible for various reasons. He could work miracles, so forth and so on. God would always make it evident to the people of God with a sufficient amount of evidence as to who's the credible authority, so that we can just look to that. Okay, but it's about a living relationship, and you see, the problem with the Pharisees is that they reduced religion to a book. Okay, so instead of having this kind of pious deference to a living authority which takes a lot of virtue because it says if I don't fully understand what this guy's teaching nonetheless I believe it by faith and uh, I trust and it's a living relationship with a living authority instead of doing that the Pharisees took religion and reduced it to a book because see a book doesn't really speak to you it doesn't correct you it doesn't tell you that you're a sinner <laughs> okay it basically can be how you want it to be according to your interpretation. All right, and that was the I think one of the major problems with the Pharisees. The Holy Father Pope Francis has talked about this recently in his very very nice um, apostolic exhortation called uh, Gaudete and Exaltate, uh, and it's a whole basically it's a it's a document that he wrote that's teaching us what is true Christian spirituality, and he addresses this issue in there. And he talks about the danger of reducing religion to a set of propositions that you can get on Wikipedia, okay? And obviate the actual living relationship with a living teaching authority. This is the, so Jesus comes and he is the embodiment and the fullness of that prophetic authority that God would always have on the earth. And he came and he was eminently credible because of his holiness because of the miracles that he worked. For crying out loud, it was as clear as day that this man was sent from God, even if you didn't have a full understanding of him. He was from God. And yet, the Pharisees had this tendency to say, because he doesn't fit into our little box, because we know everything, and we've got it all figured out, therefore, he's wrong. If this man were a prophet, he would know what sort of woman this was? Who was cause he's ignorant. Okay? So, my brothers and sisters, the, the lesson here is that God's way of dealing with us, it's always going to be through a living authority. So he, he sent his son Jesus Christ, who then left behind him apostles 
and an apostolic authority, a living apostolic authority. And uh, so we we always, I mean, in one way, in one sense, God has made it easy for us because we can look to what we call, as the Catholics, we call the magisterium. We can look to the Pope. We can look to bishops who are in union with him. And we can say, okay, what is it that they teach? What is it? How are they directing us? Let us follow. That is God's prophetic voice in the earth right now. Let us follow that. So in one sense, it's easy. Okay, it's not meant to be complicated. You don't have to have a PhD to know God's will. Okay? So it's not a matter of, of knowledge. But at the same time, uh, it, you know, it takes, um, humility and a laying down of one's pride and saying like, well, you know, I don't know everything. And I'm going to trust that God hasn't abandoned his people and that he has given us this living teaching authority. This is what we're looking at really in our first reading from St. Paul. He's talking about Timothy and, uh, Paul is, is gonna be, he's gonna die pretty soon and so he's taking his protege Timothy and he's basically, he's ordained him. He's put him in his place. And the same process is going to happen with Timothy. When Timothy gets older and he's ready to die, he's going to ordain other men and they're going to pass on. There's always going to be this living teaching authority uh, who is there present, who is an embodiment of God's prophetic voice. Uh, so my brothers and sisters, love, humility, understanding the dynamic of an interpersonal relationship, that's what the Lord wants from us, more so than knowledge. Knowledge is important. It's very important, of course. But it has to be subordinate, integrated with and subordinated to the virtues of humility and love. Uh, and this is, this is the error of the Pharisees. Let's not fall into the same error ourselves.